Well, the Keep Dancing podcast has been running for one and a half series now, and basically every week we've complained about the level of random theming. And then, Mum comes on the podcast, complains once, in a sort of cogent, cohesive, concise manner, and they bloody well obey and serve us up an almost theme-free, messing-about-free weekend of Strictly. Thanks, Mum. podcast. I'm Ellie and I'm your host. Tonight I'm joined by Lisa. Hello. Anne. Hello. And special guest Meg. Hello. Who talk about an unusually sensible weekend of Strictly. So as I said in the intro, uh, mom has been on to the production team and she sorted VT man out what did we think of the format of Strictly without the theming? I thought it was brilliant. I think it's one of the best Strictly's that I've ever seen. I really do. I thought it was so nice. And, and I, was, I was caught off guard with it because the first, the first one out was um, Susan and Kevin's. And I thought, oh, that's nice. They've just talked about the dance that they're going to do. And they've not been you know, flying in helicopters or, you know, have random people with cardboard cutouts in, this, in the training room. Like, they, they just talked about the dance and then did the dance. I thought, oh, that's nice. And then the next one was the same. And by the time we got to sort of number four and five, I thought, oh, my gosh, they listened to Ellie's mum. They did. And we got to learn the names of some steps, which, you know, it's, it's nice when the judges tell us the names of the steps, but it's nice that it's... You know, it gives you the storyline. Will Joe's Cucarachas come out okay? Yes, Joe's Cucarachas come out okay. It, it, and it, I think it really did make the show seem more professional. Uh, Absolutely. More expert-led and less naffness-led. Uh, it was. It looked like the expensive show that it is, and that was something you talked about last week. And you know, obviously, I listened back to the podcast because I listened to them, even if I'm not on them, I listened to them. Um, and and I, I can't remember who it was that said it, but one of you said that they cheapen the show by doing these silly things in their comedy VTs. And this week, it looked like the expensive professional production that we know it is. Almost, with one tiny exception, which I'm sure we'll come on to. <laughs> they just couldn't hold it to the end, could they? <laughs> no, but I'll give them, you know, they can have a, they can have a nine paddle for that one, not quite a ten. <laughs> so anyway, uh, Strictly Production staff, we know you're listening. Uh, my mum's consultation rate is, uh, my mum's consultation rate is a grand a day and tickets to the final. Quite reasonable, I think. <laughs> that sounds very reasonable. <laughs> Tickets to the final for me. <laughs> okay, let's review some dancers. Hello, 
dancing the tango and continuing to let off bangers well after Bonfire Weekend, it's Susan Kalman and her partner, Kevin. Could you tell me what the theme was to the tango to Katy Perry's firework? Nice trees. Uh, tang- uh, I think it was tango theme. I think it was tango. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was a, it was a Dance themed. That was the theme, <laughs> dance. It was a, a, a dancey old dance, that was. Yeah. I thought, and um, so we always praise Strictly for when it goes all out on a sort of a, an identifiable visual idea to go with the dance. Mm-hmm. And I thought that starting out in the sort of the half light under the spot and then doing the tango promenade between those trees which looked like sort of fireworks held in a suspended moment I thought that was really nicely done so well done to whoever came up with that lovely little bit of staging mm-hmm. yeah it was really well staged and and you know I guess they know we're looking out for this stuff as well I thought the whole the, the video floor the video arch at the top as well I'm like demonstrating this is a podcast no one's going to see what I'm doing but you know what I mean the bit above the stage you don't need to be writing and doing a diagram no it's fine um but just all the video all around was really good on that one the, the lighting was perfect the oh the dance was just brilliant I'll I'll fangirl Susan in a minute but yeah the look of it just looked brilliant I think it was the best opener that we've had because there was no faffing about. It was just a lovely dance, perfectly staged. Yeah. And the sensible intro VT, where they were talking about, yeah, no one messing about. We're just dancing now because Susan can dance and we're going Mm. to do a 100% no mucking about content routine. Get ready. Really led into that so well. Meg, are you Team Susan? Yeah, of course I am. (laughs) Good, she can stay. <laughs> I, I believe it's a, it's a firing offence. Well, <laughs> I think if there's anybody who's not Team Susan on the podcast roster, they keep nice and quiet about it, so I never find out. <laughs> <laughs> That's very sensible. <laughs> uh, but yes, your general impressions of Susan and Kevin's tango, please. I really, really liked it. I mean, I was a bit worried that they were going to go stompy. And they didn't go stumpy, so that was great. I really loved Susan's dress. I think that it, it worked so well with the, with the movements. And, and Kevin scrubs up nicely in his tails. Yeah, he doesn't have that unfortunate waiter look, which, <laughs> which others were not fortunate enough to escape tonight. Um, but yes, Susan's frock wearing has reached new heights with that smashing red number I did appreciate how much red and black we had uh, going on uh, for yeah, me Remembrance, too. Remembrance Weekend mm. normally they enforce a bit of a rainbow on Strictly but <laughs> the ability which, we're also, which we also approve of yeah we, <laughs> we approve of enforcing a rainbow uh, but because a lot of the dancers you do tend to associate them with a red dress or a black dress. People have been able to actually wear a lot more appropriate colours for the dance that they're doing this week through the accident of timing. I'd I'd agree with that. And it didn't distract either. And in your expert opinion, how well is Susan doing sort of, what is it, eight weeks into her learning to dance? 
and um, I mean, she she is proper dancing, really. I mean, there's there's been kind of comedic elements to some of her dances recently, but this one was straight down the line, you know, in hold, tango stuff. You know, she, it was quite serious. There was no, you know, pulling faces. It was straight down the line, proper tango, as it should be done. Job done, really. Really pleased with it. And I think it set the tone for the rest of the show, really. I think it was a brilliant opener. And it was sort of emotional as well. Yeah, I was really surprised when she came out of it and she was crying. And I was like, why are you crying? But obviously when you're in, you're in a dance, you're in a situation where you're performing and you're giving your heart and you're giving your all and it kind of comes out in weird places. I mean, it wasn't a particularly passion, like emotional song, but for her it kind of it all came out after her and it was quite touching actually you kind of felt like oh my goodness she is really giving her all she's not just here for the lols not just here for the lols you heard it (laughs) first um but you know firework has been adopted as um i'm not going to say a gay anthem but a sort of a liberation song and a song of sort of unity Mm -hmm. and strength and I think it was specifically big when uh, we were doing the anti-homophobic bullying of teens stuff a couple of years ago or whenever that was. And so... It gets better. Yes, it gets better, yes. That was firework. And, yeah, with Susan crying, I think it was just that sometimes when, you know, sometimes when you've had a big emotion, it does come out as tears. And everybody goes, oh, why are you sad? But you're not sad. You just had a big emotion and it's, it's coming out your eyes. These robot eyes keep leaking. <laughs> if you're going to deliver lines like that, <laughs> deliver them in full voice, straight down the mic, please. <laughs> so that was Susan and Kevin. Hang on, hang on. Oh, oh, Lisa. Hang on. Well, and while we're talking about emotion, so I can't watch Susan now without crying. And I was in tears before the first tree had been lit up because I am just so amazed by her on TV. She just, there's something that I connect with in her. I don't know what it is because I've never met her. I'm never likely to meet her. But there's something, I just feel a connection with her. Do you know what? I, I'm, I, I, didn't want to talk about Eurovision this week, but it feels like the same time I saw Conchita on screen. That's that like connection that you have with somebody um, that's just really weird, and it just kind of comes through a TV screen. And I just really, really, really love Susan. All the way through, it's felt like Susan is one of our mates performing. Yeah. Like, as if she'd been in the podcast crew last year, and she just yeah. can't be with us at the minute because she's in the show. <laughs> yeah. And if Susan wants to be part of our podcast crew next year, she's welcome. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Or if Susan just wants to meet us, because we're yeah. going to say hello and thank her for just being 
fabulous for being wonderful but obviously yeah. this series of Strictly is going to propel her to the BBC's sort of top list of presenters mm. she's going mainstream yeah. and I love that yeah. and it is it's the Oreo Duba thing of being able to super connect with the audience straight mm. behind the camera and make you feel the personal connection to this person who you've never met yeah and, and, and that's a rare thing in and, and you see it in in other shows as well. I mean, I just use one example. There are there are other people that I've sort of connected with through a screen, but I've never met them, and I'm never likely to meet them. There's just something that you can't put your finger on, and that's that human connection that it, it happens regardless of lights and cameras and makeup and dresses and stuff. There's just a human to human thing that I can't explain because I'm no sociologist, but <laughs> I'm sure somebody can explain it. <laughs> It's beautiful, whatever it is. It is, and I'm going to stop crying now. (laughs) Are you just having a big emotion that's coming out through your eyes? I am, it's true. (laughs) So are we all done on Susan and Kevin? Yes, I'll pull myself together and let's move on. (laughs) Okay, okay. Dancing the rumba and proving that you too can dance Bono if you don't stand too close to the... Edge. It's Joe McFadden and his partner Katya. <laughs> boom, boom. Oh. A, a full YouTube pun run there. Thank you very much. <laughs> so it's a it's that endangered species this year. A dude doing a rumba. Yeah, they've all gone out, haven't they? Before getting the chance. Like. Well, I mean, only Johnny now has the chance to. Uh, delight our eyes with a creaky old rumba <laughs> mm. and yeah <laughs> I feel like there was something different about that rumba from sort of previous series as male rumbas and I am putting that at Katya doing really strong choreography yeah, she pulled that one out of the bag. If you rewatch that um, routine really carefully, she incorporates some of the strengths that we saw in his Paso. So there were a lot of kind of bends over and kind of arms over the head. And there was a lot of the um, slightly contemporary style from the Halloween dance. And I think she kind of slipped in those things because he's good at that kind of thing. Um, And I think that really showed off that rumba. Um, I did find him a little bit stop-start. He needs to be a bit more flowing. But it was a pretty good male rumba, possibly one of the best I've seen. And, And I do put that more down to Katia than Joe's talent. I mean, he's good at it, but I think she really honed in on the stuff that he was good at and used it. Emily's on holiday in Lanzarote at the moment. And lucky Emily. Yeah, I know. This, at this time of year, 
She was only just in Portugal the other weekend. I was going to say she'd just been away. Goodness. <laughs> Honestly. Uh, Emily's, Emily did actually watch Strictly, though, from wherever it was she was yesterday, which I think it was still probably Lanzarote. I don't know whether she'd set off or not. Uh, and she said it was not too sexy nor too sickly, which I think mm-hmm. was the key to the success. It was a it was a dramatic sort of emotional rumba, and it didn't make me like feel nauseous. Which occasionally, yeah. sometimes the the ones where they're bum wiggling like amateur illusionists gets me. <laughs> I don't think the music would have allowed that. That song is not kind of sickly sweet, nor is it in your face kind of lust. It's it's just a very nice kind of almost open song. You're not quite sure what they're singing about. It could be about anything. So I think that really helped with the kind of open choreography of the dance. Mm. I mean, Shirley, Shirley refers to Joe as the dark horse. She has done a couple of times now, and I'm inclined to agree with her. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you, you spoke last week about, you know, who, who was going to be in the final, and everybody had Debbie and Alexandra, and then, you know, there was some variance on who might be the other two. Um, and I think Joe is a very high contender for that. Um, and, and a lot of that is because of Katia. But then that's the point. It's supposed to be a partnership. It's supposed to be a celebrity learning to do it and a pro teaching them and getting them as far as they can. So you have to work with what you've got. And I really think Katia is is a fantastic pro in the series. I think she's brilliant. I think if anybody was holding a bet on Joe being the last male celebrity in, I think if he... It, so it's either going to be an all-female final or Joe's going to be in the final. Yeah, I mean, I can't see... I can't see Johnny getting to the final, unfortunately, for me. <laughs> Oops. Oops, going to lose some cash on that one then. I might need to give up this betting lark. I've done it twice now <laughs> and lost my bet. Gambling's um, terrible. Anyway. I'm terrible at gambling. Um, So, yeah, I don't think Johnny's going to make it. And, you know, between David and Joe, the person who I just see keep improving, improving, improving is Joe. And and I I do think a lot of that is is because of Katia, as as Anne said. David has already spent a lot of his impressive dance cards... So Joe has still got his quick step, his American smooth, uh, his salsa, and obviously his Argentine tango to do. Whereas yeah. David is left with stuff like waltz, ballroom tango, paso. And I think that it's going to be too late in the series for anybody to have impact with something like a paso. Yeah. Yeah, the paso train has kind of sailed now, hasn't it? That's yeah. a bad metaphor. Train and sail. Trains are sailing. Oh, what? It's pulled out of the station. The ship has sailed, is what I meant to say. Or oh, the Paso train has lost the station. No, I'm just... Oh, shit. Excuse it. Cut that out. Start again. Okay, we'll start again. Meg, come in on Joe, please. Okay, so... Yeah, I, I think Katia... Um, having cut her teeth, God bless her, on Ed Balls, 
<laughs> don't say that ever <laughs> again. <laughs> but she's she's got someone who can dance now, and it, it's really giving her the chance to um, choreograph a routine for someone who can dance, where she's not the one carrying the whole thing and kind of dancing around him in a in a fancy way. Um, and I think that's really showing because she's she's able to see what Joe can do and then build on that. And it's really nice because then you're seeing that he's learning something and he's improving. And in her first series with us, she showcased a lot of just outstanding creativity in doing a lot with the little that Ed Balls had to offer. <laughs> that she <to> had. <laughs> uh, and... Now we see that it wasn't just in a constrained situation where she was able to be incredibly creative. She can also be even more creative when she's got something actually to work with. It really does feel like the point of Strictly, as, as you guys are saying, to, to have a celebrity and a pro and have the, have the pro work with the celebrity, unlike other pro dancers that we could mm. mention who seem to mostly choreograph for them to dance and their celebrity to be dragged mm. around the floor with them. Yes, so and the, the previous sort of dominating style of rumba would be the Ola Jordan rumba, where the guy basically takes up position with his feet apart on the dance floor and Ola puts some sparkly pants on and flashes around him so you don't notice whether he's doing any hip, hip action or not. And it's clear that that won't cut it anymore. You know, we've got Shirley here. She will call you out if you've not done enough mm -hmm. basic rumba walks. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, as she should. That's, that's what she's being paid for. So uh, despite everybody, you know, slamming her on Twitter and saying, bring back Len, which isn't going to happen because Len's retired, it, you know, we don't like Shirley. Well, on this podcast, we love Shirley because she's, she's doing her job. <laughs> yeah. And like, yeah, Shirley caught a lot of flack for that casting vote business last week, but she was absolutely correct. Yeah, she was. Mm. She was. Mm -hmm. I know. It was upsetting. But it was upsetting that she was correct, but <laughs> she was correct. Um, yeah, just... They have to judge on the dance in front of them, not the dancers that could be or the dancers that have been, and that was just not yeah. a dance that worked. But hey, we were all in the papers for a week, and the viewing things yeah. were doing nicely. And that symbiotic relationship between the show and the tabloid press and the fans continues to go round in a circle. You, mm. uh, you can get more people to your newspaper if you're posting some scandal about Strictly. Uh, more people will watch Strictly if they uh, are fed a constant diet of news about it. So the BBC, the fans and the show uh, and the tabloids all stand to gain from continuing with the nonsense cycle, as I yeah. like to call it. And we stand in the middle pointing it out to people. Yeah. <laughs> the Emperor's new clothes. Joe, I think, is chief improver at the minute. Yeah. We're down to two ringers <laughs> out of the three we started off with, but Joe is top improver. Yeah, definitely. 
dancing the foxtrot, and forcing me to Google the surprisingly oblique lyrics to Mac the Knife, it's Ruth Langsford and her partner, Anton. No booing, no booing. Calm down, Meg. So, would you like to <laughs> tell us how you feel about Anton? Me? Yes. Do I have to? Um, Do I have to contemplate Anton? Okay. Can Anton leave? Can Anton retire peacefully to become, I don't know, the kept pet of some... He's got a lovely wife and two lovely twin babies, and he teaches dancing in a shirt and tie. I still don't like him. (laughs) I'm sure he's lovely, but I mean, I have no idea what the judges said about this routine because I was too busy screaming at the screen for him to be quiet. He did, he was doing a bit of the old over apologising. And it's that thing where uh, our pal John occasionally says, like, you always feel like when Anton is talking, it's about to go Alan Partridge bad yes. very quickly. Yeah. yeah. Now, 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 I will uh, concur with that. As someone who is a publicly an Anton fan, and I know, you know, that's, you know, something to admit to in, you know, 2017. <laughs> um, Very brave. It's, I think it's easier to come out as gay than it is to come out as an Anton fan, I think, these days. Um, I, I, like, I like him. I like his dance. I like the way that he teaches dance, or at least what you see on, on the screen. Um, but I, I, too, have been getting a little bit annoyed with this constant talk during the judges' thing. I feel like, you know what? Yes, he's going to say one or two things, and that's fine. But he said something after every judge last night. What night was it? Yeah, last night. Um, and he said something after every judge last week. You know, he had to give some kind of retort that just, even, like I say, even as someone who's a fan of his, I actually found that quite annoying. And I wanted to say, Anton, shut up. You're not doing yourself any favours. You're looking like a big idiot. So I think John, I think John said a few weeks ago, you know, Anton Debet needs to have a meeting with himself. And I, I think that's probably The thing true. is, though, he wouldn't be able to reprimand himself. He would just get on famously. Yes, that's true. He, he absolutely would. Um, one thing I was going to say about Anton. So I don't know if any of you guys watch Gogglebox, but I find that really fascinating. I, I love Gogglebox. I think it's one of my favourite shows on TV. Um, Not strange. And, and, and one of, I said one of. In the one of. Um, so I find that really interesting because you get another perspective on what other people are seeing. And, and the cast of Gogglebox seem to really like Anton. They're like, oh, Anton is Strictly. You know, Strictly without Anton, we can't imagine it. And I I wonder if that is a bit of a representation of the general viewing public of Strictly, whereas we're a bit too analytical and a bit too sort of, I don't know what we are, but I think that the general public has more warmth towards Anton than maybe is evident on this podcast. My mum loves him. We do go... We do go on a lot about the fact that the show is only about 10% dancing. And yeah. maybe there is a, a percentage of backbiting, talking back one-liners that a certain generation quite like. And I can see that kind of you know, chit-chat, um, kind of one-liners, kind of underdog thing people you know oh, I'd love to be able to say that to so and so I think there is an element of that to a, a, a certain you know 
percentage of the public. And he has been there since day one. He has been there since the first series. So I can understand why they would say he is strictly. But then again, so is Brendan, and we've had enough of him. I think that's the problem. I think, for me, maybe familiarity breeds contempt. Mm. Um, I don't know if he was this bad last series, or if I'm just noticing it more now that the head judge is female. No, I think he has gotten more back chatty this year than before. I think you're right, Meg. Because uh, lack of sleep. Like Craig and Bruno are kind of like the beta judges, I guess. Like he doesn't. He he talks back to them, but he doesn't seem to talk back to them in the same way that he talks back to, let's say, Shirley, or in a lesser sense to Darcy. But he's he just it just feels a bit. I weird. am going to posit a theory that. Brendan and Anton belong to the generation before this one's generation of ballroom dance and that perhaps in terms of its understanding of gender politics that previous generation of ballroom dance was more conservative in its views towards women talking and women criticising yeah maybe Uh, but that is just a theory that I am positing um, but it does fit in nicely with my theory that it is time for one, at least, of Brendan and Anton to move on. Mm. Yeah, well, but, to, and to be honest, I mean, I, I you know, I've said I, I am an Anton fan. I would prefer Brendan to move on than Anton, at least first. You know, Anton's not going to be here forever. But Brendan, Anton's, Anton's talkback is still just about on the right side of Cheeky, whereas Brendan's is just nasty and I don't want to see it. Yeah, Brendan was just disrespectful to Shirley. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Um, I think also um, Anton, for all that I'm not that fond of him, he does, he choreographs for his celebrity and dances with them, and Brendan yes. doesn't. Yeah. Brendan yes, choreographs for Brendan. Yeah, yes, yes. And there is a so specific... That, I'd rather see less of Brendan. Yeah, there is a specific celebrity <laughs> demographic who just live to go on Strictly and be bossed about by Anton for four to six weeks. Yes. Uh, you know, I said, if I ever went on Strictly Come Dancing, there's, there is no chance, I realise that. But, you know, we all have that thing, don't we? If I ever went on, I would want to dance with Anton because I like the way he teaches. I like the way he is in the training room. Um, and I think, to me, he comes across as a really nice guy but someone who, like, engages his brain, his mouth before his brain, I think, is a lot of what happens. I definitely would not want to dance with Brendan. Mm. Yeah, I would walk out, I'd go, no, like, I won't do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it'd be a really awkward revealing partner episode when I just, like, <laughs> go, no. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> Can we have a recount? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so poor old Ruth uh, got... Um, Basically, something that was one lift short of an American smooth rather than a proper foxtrot to Mac the, Mac the Knife. And, yeah, one lift short of an American smooth isn't a sort of a weird euphemism. But no, it sounds like it. <laughs> it could be. I, I really think that Anton let her down choreographically. There was a yeah. lot of faffing. It was, you know, 30 seconds before they got into hold. I, I, Lord knows why he got the straw butters and canes out again. Because he's Anton. Yeah. And he can't he help like, himself. No, he can't help himself. If he's not had one that... Actually, though, what I was going to say sounds rude. I won't say 
He's just going to be caning it all the time. Yeah. <laughs> hey. I mean, they wasted enough time at the beginning with the kind of faux tap, but then they also wasted enough time waiting for the poor hands at the side to throw the stuff back on again. Thinking, oh my God, whose eye is going to get kind of poked out or who's going to drop what? So by the time you've got those, you've got like this foxtrot sandwich, which is kind of poultry meat. Isn't that a Frank Zappa In the inside, (laughs) it was, no. It It just felt... Like, they kept saying in the VT that this was a slow foxtrot. And then with all the faffing about at either end, it felt like the foxtrot sped up to fit in between the faffing. It was a trot. It was just, it was so slow that we didn't even get the whole word foxtrot in there. Yeah. I'm glad that we found out that Mac the Knife is a special song for Ruth because it was one of her dad's <laughs> favourites, which is again, something that mum specifically suggested that we find out, like, why people have picked their songs. Mm. Uh, but Is your mum actually employed by Strictly Come Dancing now? Did they hire her on the basis of last week's podcast? <laughs> yeah, mum's mum's Strictly now, and I'm still not allowed to go. Uh, so, I just think that it was kind of the wrong song choice and the wrong tempo for the dance that they were supposed to be doing to it. And Anton didn't think, actually, can we have this taken down 10 BPM so it's comfortable and we can get some slows in? Uh, he just went for it with the canes and the boaters. Yeah. When she was in hold, it looked like she was just being thrown around. I mean, I don't know whether she had like a a moment where she forgot everything, but it just felt like she was being ragdolled around, like she was fixed to his, like sewn onto his toes, like a ragdoll, and kind of around. It we didn't all, look nice. We all remember that show, Dance, and we agreed not to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on. Uh, let me just say, though, Ruth looked fantastic. Ruth's oh, hair and makeup and her dress was lovely. Yes. So I do, I do want to put that in because I know, obviously, we're not going to get to talk about Ruth again. Well, but I, in fact, I would say all the way through the series, Ruth's hair and makeup has just been brilliant. They've really done a fantastic job with her. I'm just curious to know whether it was her hair this week because she does yeah, love the wigs. Was. I, think, I <laughs> think it was. I, could, I couldn't see any evidence of extension work in it this week. Um, and I love that it was like basically blown from the root and, and really made to stand high on her head and it looked really nice. It really kind of opened up her eyes and her face. I, I feel like she needs to look at that and kind of morph that into her daily hairstyle mm. because her hair's usually quite flat on her head and that lifted up at the root, which was great. Really, really nice plastering on her face. She looked absolutely stunning and if you're going to go out, then you want to go out looking your best. Oh my god, yeah. spoilers. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Dancing the Charleston as a pair of pearly queens having a nice south of France on the old Strictly Dudley Moor. It's David Gadami and his partner Nadia. Do you like my uh, vague approximation to some Cockney rhyming slang there? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I liked it. Well done, Ellie. <laughs> Ellie Chalkley, broadcaster of the year. 
Hey. I have to I have to hand back whatever BAFTA it was. Um, <laughs> for a Charleston, I didn't think this was too obnoxious. No, I thought this was very good for a Charleston and and you know, famously we all, except Anne, I think, don't like the Charleston. So, you know, I, I always tend to watch it from behind a pillow. Um, and I didn't need a pillow for this one. Uh, you know, it was it was really very good. I, I liked it very much. And was David actually doing his swivel properly? Yes. Okay. He was on both feet. Um, which is the, the main thing, really, is, is usually you have somebody who could do it on one foot, can't do it on the next foot. And they did, she, um, Nadia did do a little bit where he was on his own, kind of on the braces, and he was doing it by himself, and that looked really, really good. Um, mm. So that was a, a, a nice way to start, to kind of look, look at this swivel technique, we've got it down. Yeah. Um, and lift wise Lifts-wise, last week we found out that he can basically bench-press her with one hand. Uh, and this lift. week, yes, he followed up the bum lift just by throwing her around, carrying her around by the ankle, even when yeah. she's protesting to be put down, please. <laughs> like a sack of potatoes. Yes, well, like a very angry sack of potatoes. <laughs> I love that finishing position. I thought yes. I did think that was really good. Really, really good. A, a, a crowd-pleaser. Yeah. And I, what I really liked about this one was, so it had a theme to it, but the theme was incorporated. It, it wasn't like a theme had been thrown on top of it and they had to make it work and join it up somehow with some really weird dance or whatever. The theme, was, it, the theme was there enough to suggest what it needed to, but it didn't get in the way. It was, I, that, that's how you do a little theme through the dance when it's not a theme week. Yeah, you have the theme coming from the music, being interpreted through the costumes, yeah. uh, incorporating some of the signature dance moves in with the basic of your actual dance. And yeah. you don't muck about and do a bit of mime at the start or end. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That, that, that one was a good lesson to, to themselves, really, in, in how, to, how to incorporate a theme without it becoming unbearable to watch less is more Matt, less is you've got definitely some more. problems with nadia's outfit as either a buyer <gasps> or a seller of <laughs> vegetables i don't it was like it got parachuted <laughs> in from a different theme I, i'm not entirely sure what what it was it was fringed at the top and it was feathered at the bottom and it was oddly short and it i, it, I don't what if I, if I was making something for Nadia to wear to do that, she would have got a pearly queen play suit. That yeah. would have been amazing. Like, I would love to see DSI do a pearly queen play suit. I think with their talent for embellishment, it would just be beautiful. Yeah. Anna, you wanted to come in. Yeah, I, I just, I, I mean, that outfit, I, it looked like roadkill on a zebra crossing. <laughs> I just, I, I like the top, but I don't get what the big pink thing, or the, what the pink, or I quite like the pink thing, but not, I, no, that was very confusing. Like a flamingo mated uh, with a zebra. Yes. Was <laughs> black and white and pink all over. Nadia's costume was strictly. Yes. <laughs> Emily's, Emily's sort of 
verdict on this, the news from Lanzarote, is that these two just seem to be quietly getting on with it. But does quietly getting on with it get you to the final? Does it get you the win? Or does it just get you accidentally booted in Musicals Week? <laughs> well, I would, I would say that probably last year, Ore and Joanne were just getting on with it for quite a lot of the time, weren't they? Yeah, well, we were all cooing over Danny. Yes, and, and being rather nasty about Louise. <laughs> Sorry, Louise. Sorry. Um, you know, Ore and Joanne just kind of got on with it, got on with the job in hand and ended up winning. I'm not sure that that's enough for this year particularly, but I, it would not surprise me if David is in the semi-final at all. That wouldn't surprise me. Would and it would, I mean, it would surprise me if he went to the final because we've got that nice group of people where really any any of them could go from it. So, um, yeah. A two-boy, two-girl finale. Ooh, Joe, David, Alexandra, Debbie. That's not a bad idea. It's not a bad idea, except it precludes Susan, so therefore it's a bad idea. All right, okay. <laughs> We're not going to play either or on that. So are we all done with David before I break out into spontaneous rhyming slang again? Yeah, go for it. Dancing the Viennese waltz that's as light and graceful as Dusty Springfield's hairdo, it's Gemma Atkinson and her partner, Aliash. Frock chat, first of all. Oh, that frock, it was so gorgeous. The silver under the purple lighting. Oh, my goodness. Just yes, please. Magical, magical. She uh, scrubs up nicely in, a, in ballroom costume, I think. Where can I order one of those dresses? <laughs> it's, more the, it, it's not just the dress that you need, it's the lighting as well. You need I'm sure we can find that. <laughs> <laughs> Could be a bit awkward. Have to run a very long extension cord. Yes, uh, you're just going out to the pub, and before you turn up, half uh, half a dozen roadies come in, put a small lighting rig around your table. Uh, Perfect. Put some purple spots in and a nice sort of purple flood, and then you sort of uh, shimmy in in your floor length silver ball gown and say, uh, "I will have two pints of mild, please." <laughs> that sounds like an average Saturday night out for me. So that's Perfect. just what Gemma's like all the time uh, but yes in terms of Viennese waltz first of all I didn't quite understand the stuff with the suitcase that was a little bit confusing and I think they should have just got on with it to be honest I'd forgotten that um, there was anything with a suitcase because I just remembered them getting on with it well, I been... just looked back at my tweets and I and I wrote that beginning was odd and then I had to really, 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 really think about, why did I write that? And then I thought, oh, there was a suitcase and she was being chased. And then they got into hold and then she started looking like she was going to be sick. <laughs> oh, poor uh, She was worried about I, I, six pounds. I, I, I did think, is she, is, she, is she looking like that because she's forgotten something or she's not enjoying it or is she going to be sick? And it's not the first time we've had kind of motion sickness. Well, Gemma previously, it's... I think it was in her foxtrot, she was suffering mm -hmm. with the rotations. And Aliash was like, yeah, yeah, you've not done Viennese Waltz yet. Yeah. She did have 
camouflaged um, motion sickness bands on. She had about <laughs> six of them. All yes. With gems, all with gems on the other side. <laughs> I love, I absolutely love that they bedazzle motion sickness bands. That, to me, is like one of the best things that the, that the DSI do. <laughs> I just think it's such a sweet, like, way of helping, and I love that. <laughs> if you leave anything unembellished around at DSI... Yeah, yeah, it's going to get crystal. If you don't put your cup back in the dishwasher, then your cup is bedazzled. <laughs> yeah. Or at least I assume. I mean, at least, I guess, because I think um, uh, Devon has had them on as well, but because he generally tends to be wearing long sleeves that don't bedazzle them. But I think if they were given the chance, they'd be held still long enough. Yeah. <laughs> they, even when they're not motion sickness bands... I always do like to see the um, the little bedazzled bracelets that they put on. I think yeah. they're absolutely lovely. And I, I'm pretty sure they're custom made to specifically match the colour of the outfit because they're in a much wider range of colours than you can get from the old Swarovski shop. Mm. Um, and I just really like those. I let me just say I loved the I don't know they do it quite a lot on a Viennese waltz but they seem to do like two full camera rotations around them of the whole ballroom you know those shots when they're on the steady cam mm. and and they go around the opposite way to the way that they're spinning and it makes it look like they're doing more spinning than they actually are um and usually you get one of those but they did two I think two and a half kind of rotations around on the steady cam before pulling out to the fixed camera and that looked really lovely really really nice i did really appreciate the sequence of pivots at the end yeah i thought that looked really striking and um it just really fitted with the music you know the song is coming to an almighty climax and you know you want something bigger than a fleckle i did feel sorry for her though with the shoe yeah who amongst us hasn't been there caught with a shoe <laughs> half off? In the yeah. Of something on pot. Yeah. Not on Strictly, to, though. Yeah. Uh, unable to bend down and sort your heel out. So we're no longer talking about Gemma in terms of final, I guess. Mm. Could be. She's been off the boil the last few weeks, I think. Yeah. I, I don't know whether she's just tired or... She's just had a few dances that haven't suited her, but she's gone a bit, she's plateaued a bit. She's gone, I wouldn't say she's gone down, but I definitely think she's plateaued a little bit. And I think maybe she needs a, a bit of a oomph, a week to, that's going to rocket her up the, the scoreboard. Well, assuming, assuming she's got Latin next week, and because I didn't listen to the end of the... Just a minute, I'm just going to get a Wikipedia The Claudatorium. I didn't listen to the end of the... What's it? The results show very much, so I missed out on those couple of uh, dance announcements that you tend to get in the results show. I don't know what she's doing next, but there's a chance she's got the rumba next? Or the... Ah, yes, okay. So, at Blackpool, we still don't know what Gemma's going to be dancing... So she could be dancing any of samba, rumba, Argentine tango, tango, American smooth, quick step. But probably I would Latin. Have, 
be a Latin, I think, because they've been swapping. The she's got a lot of Latin left, hasn't she? Mm. She's done a lot of ballrooms back to back, and I just haven't noticed. Yeah, she's done some ballrooms back to yeah. back. There was Has a she? thing uh, with the YouTube views where it looked like nobody wanted to see Gemma do Latin or something. <laughs> or nobody wanted to see Gemma do ballroom. I think she, after the lifts last week that went wrong, I think that's really knocked her confidence. And she hasn't mm. quite got it back. I mean, she does do better in ballroom, I think, than she does in Latin. But <clears throat> I think, yeah, she's just not... She was, in the first couple of weeks, she was kind of increasing every week. She was scoring better. And these last couple of weeks, she's just kind of flatlined. I feel like the girl that she had in the first few weeks has been knocked out of her a little bit by the finding out how hard and tiring continuing to do this for three months is. Mm. I mean, I think, I think she's kind of in... She's kind of in a direct competition with Molly, isn't she? In yeah. terms of, like, mm. you know... You know how you end up with these pairs? We've now got Joe and David in, like, a, a, a double competition. We've got Molly and Gemma in one. And, you know, I would say over the last few weeks, although she's been in the dance-off, Molly's been improving and improving, and Gemma has just slightly plateaued a bit, and that's not to say she can't pick it back up again, and I, th- I think Blackpool will be really good for her, because she's a northerner, mm. she's mm. going to Blackpool, she's going to dance in, you know, the, the Tower Ballroom, I think that might just be what she needs to kind of boost her back up. And as we say with ballroom, it's the end of Act Two, and you usually get some kind of plot event, turnaround, breakthrough at Blackpool, yeah. and maybe it's Gemma's turn. It might may well be Gemma for Blackpool. Yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing what she has to offer next week. I look forward to her every week. I, you know, even though she's plateaued a bit, I still look forward to watching her dance because I I still think she's really a lovely dancer and a lovely girl. Just out of interest, Joe and Katya will be doing a salsa at Blackpool. Hmm. Oh. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, sort of. Was that the, um, uh, was that the, the Gangnam li- style last year? That's the lifty <laughs> one. Yeah. So, that's that. Dancing the Argentine tango with legs that go all the way up to here and all the way down to there. It's Alexandra Burke and her partner, Gorka. Well, this was always going to be good. Did she need the business on the stairs and did she need the fan? Anne says no. no. Oh, no. There was too much Well, fapping. I mean, I wasn't against the fan because that's... Stairs. So I like, I like... I wasn't against the stairs either because there's something quite cool about dancing and running down the stairs. I quite liked that, that they used the whole space. But the business on the banner where she kind of had her leg kind of up on the banner, like it was a ballet bar, that that was slightly odd. But my goodness, that girl's got some legs. So <laughs> that that business with the balcony bar is almost like uh, when people dance under the light lamppost of passion <laughs> for their Argentine tangos, uh, only horizontal rather than vertical. Mm. And slightly too far away from the rest of the dance floor. I think, mm-hmm. you know, if we, if we had a mezzanine, she, she would have been better off starting off on the mezzanine. Yeah. Yeah. It also, it also, the bar was slightly too 
high, so her leg ended up at a funny angle. If the if the bat the top bar on the balcony was like six inches lower, it actually would have been a slightly more flattering line for her legs. I, yeah. It was just like a smidge too high for her. Yeah. Um, I can imagine that in the dance studio with a bar height bar, it looked stunning. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, your, your, your bar should be sort of between your, um, your waist and sort of underarm kind of ribcage area. So you, you're, not, you're not doing that weird completely bent over backwards thing, which she's flexible enough to do it, but it was kind of like, how are you yeah. going to get back up from yeah, that? If you, don't have, if you don't have the core strength, you are not going to be able to crunch your way back up from that. You're going to need Gorka to uh, hoist you back into a standing position. And that wouldn't have had the same impact. Speaking no, of it, impact, it, though, it, it wasn't. Let me say, though, it wasn't, it wasn't awful. It wasn't hideous. It just wasn't... It was just a little bit awkward. It didn't detract, for me, at least, it didn't detract from the rest of the dance. It just was a bit strange and a bit unnecessary I found it gripping um, and they did do one of my favourite Argentine tango things which matched in really nicely with Potion Pictures' lovely floor graphics which was the bit where Alexandra was standing in the centre of the circle on the floor and doing the full 45 degree lean as Gorka walked around the outside of the circle yeah I know I love that too love that and the, they shot that really nicely and it just worked really well with the staging really liked that but if that's if that's going to be our starter Argentine tango for the year, then I'm okay with that. If that's the marker that we're sort of working around, we're going to have a nice time. Yeah, I'm, I mean, <laughs> if you're going to go, if you're going to release the Argentine tango, like, like some sort of slavering beast, you, you want to give it to the person who's most likely to pull it off. And Alexandra is definitely... The choice. Yeah, with the best will in the, world, will in the world, you're not going to give Susan the first Argentine <laughs> tango of the series. Oh, I love no. her, but no. <laughs> no. Much as we love her, no. <laughs> or, or, or Molly, or Gemma. Like, yeah. neither of those two would go particularly well yeah. with the first Argentine yeah. tango. Yeah, it's an event. It's held back for they, a reason. They could, they, they could have given it to Debbie. That would have worked. But mm. either, either or, really. Mm. I think the Argentine tango is is on a bit of a pedestal when it comes to Strictly. It is seen as quite different and quite special. And I think they had to give it to somebody who would have a really good, positive go at it. And somebody who would be able to show it off to a a decent enough level. Um, So even though it feels really early to be having an Argentine tango... Um, they did give it to the right person. Yeah. Um, so if you remember, so Argentine Tango and Charleston aren't in the sort of normal competition Latin and ballroom program. And if you remember, no. the Charleston and Argentine Tango, when we still just did two dances a week, were introduced as a special theme week all of their own. And so the Charleston and the Argentine Tango are both set apart by the audience still and Tretta something special. But I guess the Charleston is the Argentine Tango's evil twin, or <laughs> the other the way mustache. around. Or, yeah, whichever way around. 
it's, it's hard to work out which is the evil twin, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I guess the I guess the Charleston is the more kind of accessible, the one that's kind of a bit more in our culture, whilst the Argentine tango is less is still quite mysterious. Oh, here we're we still go. quite foreign. I've got I've got a metaphor for you. The Argentine well, tango is Jessica Wakefield. <laughs> And the Charleston is Elizabeth Wakefield. Yes. <laughs> I thank you. No, I think also because the Charleston, you can go, you can go really silly with the Charleston, and you cannot do a silly Argentine tango. No, that would just be cultural vandalism. No, yeah, there is no scope for comedy in an Argentine tango. Tell you what, though. You know, we were talking last week about Debbie doing uh, uh, magic during her show dance. I bet she could make a bunch of things appear and disappear during her Argentine tango, and that would look incredible. Like flowers coming out of everywhere, rabbits. Yeah. And and a string of handkerchiefs. Handkerchiefs, (laughs) yeah. Simon Webb, who did his... uh, No, he did his to Roxanne. Have we had an Argentine tango to when doves cry? (laughs) Yes. Um, uh, her out of S Club Seven did one, I oh, think. Okay. Oh, Rachel. Rachel. Yeah. Rachel. I'm sure yeah. she did one to Prince. Well, yeah, Debbie, but with real pigeons. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they could. Well, not not like the London pigeons, just like captured off the street. No, beautiful, <laughs> beautiful trained magical doves. Yeah. Anyway, uh, the Argentine tango, very much the Jessica Wakefield of dancers. Did we actually have any salient points about Alexandra other than well done, see you in Blackpool, see you uh, every week until December? I think she did really well with the legs because I know she was really worried about them. I can't remember the term, but the 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 flicks. Oh, the the flag motion. Yeah. In her really technical cool VT, she was just like chewing her fingernails basically about those, and I think she pulled them off spectacularly. Yeah. As an amateur, you know. <laughs> yeah. But because we'd seen the VT, we knew how much work had gone into it. Which, yes. even if she's supposedly a trained dancer, she wasn't trained to do the flag wavy leg step. And so she's had to work very jolly hard to master that specific technique. And without having yeah. to do any comedy VT, she had more time to master them. I like this. Yes. Long, yes. Live, Long yes. live the non-comedy VT. Obviously, no, we're going to be back to a full weekend of comedy up north Blackpool VTs yeah. next no, week. So, it's going to be... so we should just enjoy this while it lasts. It's going to be but kiss me quick hats. I just want you to think about this, Strictly Production team. When you're in Blackpool, you are much closer to my mother <laughs> than you are normally. So... Think before you put anything stupid in those VTs. Be careful. <laughs> Be very, very careful. We should just send your mother down there. <laughs> just to watch them. She I mean, we that. know where it is. It's the Tower Ballroom. We know how to get there. She can do Julia, that disappointing... Julia, get in your car. Off your drop to Blackpool. She can do that disappointing mum face. Oh, yeah. Right, let's move on really quickly from this. <laughs> Stamping the Paso Doble and doing that old musical genre switcheroo. It's Molly King and her partner, AJ. 
I didn't think they were going to go into Layla. I'd sort of forgotten that that's what they were going to be dancing to. And so I thought that, oh, oh, two traditional Latin song numbers in a row. Oh, right. Yeah, we're doing the rock paso again. Oh, well. Hmm. I sort of, I do sort of prefer rock paso to rock tango. There is, it, it, it does tend to work slightly better from what I can tell. Was it last year we had a million rock tangos and they were just dreadful? Oh, yeah. Yes. Like Anastasia ro- did one and it was horrible. Two Rolling Stones tangos in a row had people knocked out. Yes, exactly. I, I do recall last year was the year of the bad rock tango and this year it's rock paso, which, like I say, seems to work slightly better but is still not what I want to see. Although, I th- actually, I thought this was very good. I really, I really did like this dance a lot. Yeah, it was nice to see Molly committing to the aggression of it. Yeah. Because she portrays herself as a sort of a, a very nice girl who doesn't stamp. So it was good to see her have a good old stamp. Yeah. It, it was good to see some choreography for her and not just choreography for AJ because he's one of those that falls into that camp of choreographing for himself. Yeah, it's the next generation, Brendan. He is the next generation, uh, Brendan. Horrifying. And, <laughs> and this dance was the first time I've seen him this year choreograph for them as a, as a pair. Yeah. Uh, and that was really lovely to see. And it worked really well. And they didn't end up in the dance-off. Exactly. So maybe do that. Maybe do that a bit more, AJ. Like maybe it's not all about you. I think <laughs> his, his paso with Claudia was very AJ centric, wasn't it? It was very AJ. It was all about AJ. Claudia was just on the edge, twiddling her hips for a while, wasn't she? Yeah. I wonder if in competition the paso is a guy's starring role dance, and he just hadn't worked out that the strictly paso does require you to feature the woman a bit. Mm-hmm. Well, he definitely has worked that out for this year because this was really good. It was a, it was a pairs dance, not a solo dance with a woman flinging her skirt around. Okay. And, but that dress was lovely, and it was a similar, mm. similar theory to uh, Nadia's last week with the like chiffon gauchos. I thought that was really, really lovely. An adaption of a pattern yeah. <laughs> that I approve of. Uh, I actually wasn't very fussed by this dance, I have to say. Um, I found I found the fact that she was quite aggressive um, nice to see, nice to see that aspect of her personality, but I found it a little bit... I don't want to say stompy, but I almost want to see, say a bit tantrum-y. I found her shoulders quite annoying... And she kept on looking at the floor a lot, which is something I do when I'm dancing. So um, so I, I kind of see that in other people because um, I don't do it myself. And um, I, I just found it a little bit kind of... I, I, I couldn't engage with it, to be honest. But that said, it, it, there was something different about it and possibly it was because it was less aj than some of the others were, that it didn't feel quite as bad as some of the others, but I still found it really hard to engage. In a night of engaging and, and really exciting dancers, this was merely accomplished rather than grabbing you. Yeah. Yeah, I'd oh, say no, that. No, this one, this one really stood out for me. Oh, 
okay. This, this, this one really did. The only thing I would have changed about this was they had fantastic red lighting and then they had blue lighting, which just didn't make sense. I wish that that blue had been a gold, mm. yellow light to go along with the gold on AJ's jacket and the gold in her skirt. So for me, the thing that jarred on this was the blue lighting. Everything else I thought was great. And they used the pyro in this really well. The pyro went in time and it didn't look like cheap pyro. It looked good. Yeah, this was quite a good pyro week. They were sparing and tasteful with it. <laughs> they were. They used it, they used it to enhance, not to buy votes, basically. Well, as with, as with the VTs, um, prepare yourselves because next, pe- next week we're in Blackpool and everything will be on fire all the time. I like fire. I love fire. You know, Ellie, you know I like fire. I think you like better than a good sh- golden spark shower curtain. I, I love a gold, gold fire curtain. I just, I like, I, you can never have too much, but you can have badly used pyro. Yes. There you go. Yes. Dancing with Foxtrot, and the only person whose super technical technique VT focused largely on the positioning of his posterior region, it's Johnny Peacock and his partner, Oti. It was during this VT where I realized that we had actually executive produced this episode of Strictly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think it took me to the, the one before, to Molly, and I thought, hang on, they've just done everything we said. <laughs> well, done everything we said, and then basically just done a lengthy Johnny's Bomb joke sequence. Yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I don't remember producing this episode, but clearly we did. Clearly we did. I'm just wondering when we're going to get the, the check through the post. I think we have to get better at invoicing. Mm. Yeah, we, do, we need to. Yeah. Like Gemma, Johnny's sort of improver tra- trajectory seems to be faltering a little bit. And even though he'd made that improvement in Foxtrot, which meant rather than faking the lead, he was actually doing the lead, he was concentrating so hard on doing the lead that that level up made it look like he'd suddenly got worse at other aspects. Yeah. I, I mean, I, he looked, they looked really good out of hold, and then as soon as they got in hold, he was obviously so focused on actually having to lead the dance that he just kind of went dead. <laughs> the yeah, face. that sort of unfortunate, oh, oh, he's thinking... You can like you could see the wheels going round, Luck. Small amounts yeah. of steam. Although although it was quite good that they made a feature of the fact that he was leading. Yeah. So so you could what am I trying to say? You could almost kind of forgive him that because you know, one of the aspects of a, a boy learning to dance is learning to lead. So that's a new skill. Above and beyond the dancing leading is another skill to learn so he's kind of dance level he's at week eight but leading level he's a week one yeah so i can kind of forgive that on him yeah 
But, it, yeah, once you actually start doing the lead, as well as trying to remember all of your other technique bits, it will, unless you're very good at sort of controlling your face, make you look like you're constantly doing quadratic equations under your breath. Yes, probably if you're an actor, you might be able to, to hide that slightly. But Johnny's not an actor, he's a sportsman and a TV presenter. Yeah. It, I think this really showed what a multitasking skill dancing is mm. because it's not just about learning the steps it's about getting your frame right it's about remembering your face it's about um you know telling the story through your movement it's about getting in the right place it's not it's not just as easy as is the steps love go and go on the stage and do it it's not that easy and I think he is making those incremental steps but as time goes on and he has the different dances it, those steps are not those incremental steps that he's making improvements aren't always shown if that makes sense yeah and they've got less time to do it in as well I mean I, I'm I've been tap dancing for four years now and the first time I did um, a performance and I have this on DVD we all look like we're terrified because we were, but you know we've all got the, like, the dead flat face as we do. We've we've done more shows since, and we look a lot better. Did you but learn the? It's Vaseline? four years later. Did you learn the Vaseline on your teeth trick? <laughs> no, but but my dance teacher does always just say, just tits and tits and teeth, loves tits and teeth. Yeah, <laughs> that was last week, John. <laughs> but it was, it, you know, I've got I've had four years to do this, and he's on what. Eight weeks. <laughs> yeah. So I think he's doing really well, but it, he, it is that balancing act of, of not kind of doing quantum physics in your brain. Yeah. That's, that is the thing um, about becoming a truly impressive dancer. Not only have you got to be working so hard, but you've got to make it look like you're not working hard at all. You've got yeah. to make it look natural. Yeah. And... Like manned space travel, that last 10% uh, is 90% of the work. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. I am thrilled that he's in Blackpool. Mm. I mean, I'm really pleased for him that he's made it to Blackpool because that, that's one of the sort of markers, isn't it? Well, you know, it's the end of Act 2, we know that. Yeah. Uh, but in the, in the celebrities' minds, it is one of the markers. You know, they all come in and want to make it to Blackpool. Because no one wants to be arrogant and say, I want to make it to the final. But everybody wants to make it to Blackpool because it's the Tower Ballroom. It's iconic. Who, who wouldn't want to dance there? Well, like, when he came in, he said he wanted to make it to Halloween and dress as a pirate. So he did that. Now he's, yeah. going, to Bolton, now he's going to Blackpool, which is traditionally where we dispatch our uh, valiant male sportsmen. Yes, it is, the, <laughs> it is the graveyard of the male sportsmen, isn't it, Blackpool Tower Ballroom? Yeah. They're littered along the pleasure beach. I think it's it, it it's the location equivalent of the Argentine tango. You know, yeah. it's 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 on a pedestal. It's like does that make oh. El does that make Elstree Stadium Elizabeth Wakefield? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't know if I'd say that Blackpool was the evil twin. 
but it's just it's a pedestal moment in the Tell Strictly. You what, Blackpool is Lila, whatever her say. Oh, Lila Fowler. Yeah, Lila Fowler. Blackpool is Lila Fowler. Uh, sorry, any male listeners uh, who didn't not, grow up in the nineties have <laughs> a clue about these references, but uh, you've got some reading and some googling to do. There's a really good podcast I can recommend. That's reading through all of the books at the moment. Oh, yes. Would you like to give them a plug? Yes. Uh, it's my friend's podcast. It's called Double Love. And uh, there are about seven books in at the moment. And it's, uh, it's an hour of basically listening to how Jessica Wakefield is literally the worst. It's also an interesting intersectional and modern feminist critique on... Yes. Like, some of the books that made us the women we are today, basically. And, and how terrible it was that we were reading them and we were impressionable. Yeah. <laughs> if, while we're plugging podcasts, and uh, speaking of apologising to Louise, uh, have you heard Daisy Lowe's podcast, Fem? No, I heard she was doing it, but I've not listened to it yet. It's nice if, if you like, uh, you know, top gals chatting on about, you know, what inspires them, uh, what, the, what projects they're working on, the big things in their lives. It's that. I think we know I like this sort of thing, so yeah. I'll, and I'll Dave, go find it. What's it called? Femme. And Femme. Daisy, Daisy right. Lowe's got a beautiful voice for podcasting. Yes, I imagine she would. Uh, anyway, we just took a bit of a, a, a diversion from talking about Johnny's Foxtrot, and I just want to come back to Johnny's Foxtrot by saying, amazing dress on autumn, oh. and in those blue lights, so beautiful. That colour is, is, is basically her colour. You know that yellow and blue combination? We've spoken about it before. Ukraine knew what they were doing when they picked those for their flag, didn't they? Because those two colours work really well together. And Sweden. And, well, and Sweden. <laughs> and therefore IKEA. Yes. <laughs> I can't remember whether it was Cassie from SCD Support who said this or not, but there was a proper bell from Beauty and the Beast vibe going on with the gold dress, the buttercup yellow dress and the blue lighting. Mm. If they put Johnny in a, yeah. in a blue jacket. With a furry face. <laughs> well, he's got the hair. <laughs> he's got the hair. <laughs> He has a mane. <laughs> he just needs to, to grow the beard out a bit more. And he could... Yeah, they could have done Beauty and the Beast to Adele. <laughs> from, from Musicals Week. I thought it was lovely that Johnny's hair matched Oti's dress. I thought it was a lovely colour combination. <laughs> I must find out what conditioner he uses. Yeah, how did, how did men get their hair that straight? Yeah, I like, I assume they don't have the same problems as, like, it's the same hair, right? Yeah, yeah, no, no they do. They straighten it. They use straighteners, just like we do. But Johnny doesn't never normally straight use straighteners, right? Well, Johnny probably doesn't do it on himself, but he goes into this, this little room called hair and makeup beforehand, and somebody does it for him. Ah. Uh, he never straightened the bloke's hair before. Am I the only person that's done that? Mm. You have, you have many interesting hobbies. If <laughs> yeah, we sneak great. up on John, do you think he'd notice? <laughs> <laughs> Let's get the straighteners out to find out. 
Um, but yes, so I do feel like Johnny won't be with us a lot longer, but we very much enjoyed his contribution. And it's more that he's, he's not really stopped improving, it's that his improvement curve isn't as steep as some of the others. Yes, I think that's fair to say. Mm. I just need Johnny to stay in for a week or two more so that I can just spread my bet out slightly. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you're going to get anybody to buy the winning bet off you, but you might be able to do something. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I just need to get to next week when I have my betting consultant who can teach me how to do it. <laughs> and, and, you know, if he, makes it, if he doesn't make it out of next week, at least he made it to Blackpool. Yeah. I mean, yes, it didn't crash exactly. and burn in the first, like, three weeks. Yeah. <laughs> he has done so much for just showing what you can do on a blade and on a prosthetic. Mm. Yeah. Which is... I feel, like, I feel like next week he should, you know, he should get the blade out again. Because I think that yeah. would be something very cool to do at Blackpool, and it might just buy him another week or two. <laughs> On the sprung dance floor. Oh. Yeah. Right. We, we don't yet know what oh. Johnny and Oti are doing next week, so let's have a look at Johnny's dance card. Because I think he does still have a couple of fun ones left. So he must have a samba or a salsa or something, doesn't he? He's got his Viennese waltz left, his tango... His Charleston, Charleston. <gasps> uh, his samba, his rumba, and his Argentine tango. Charleston on the blade. Can we can on the sprung dance floor? On the sprung dance floor. Yes, he'll be bouncing off the ceiling. It will be yeah. awesome. It might even make You're it like into kangaroo. the into the list of Charlestons that we liked. A very small list right now. Yeah, I just. I just don't... I think it would be hideous if he was doing the concentrate face that he was doing this week while he was trying to act the fool in a Charleston. But he won't need to concentrate because he's really good at doing that, like... Yeah. Fun stuff. Yeah. He won't need to concentrate as much. Man, I want to see what a blade, how a blade and a sprung dance floor work together. I, I want to see that because that would be awesome. He'll be like Tigger. It'll be amazing. Yeah. Woo! <laughs> Uh, um, yeah, so roll on Blackpool and yeah, keep it up, Johnny. Dancing the salsa and asking, which is better, one or two? One or two? One or two? For largely unknown reasons, it's Debbie McGee, amateur optician, and her partner Giovanni. Spoiling our largely free <laughs> week. Ugh. No. A moment of optometry madness. And poor Giovanni. Oh, it was going so well up until that point, and then it all sort of came crashing down. I was so gutted. Like, like I was, I was really gutted. I was as gutted as I was when Estonia didn't qualify for Eurovision this year. It was that level of disappointment. Oh no, that's like ugly crying. Um, it was, it's all that, yeah. I can only assume that if they didn't use the medium-sized prop van, then it got taken away from them. So they had a medium-sized branch of uh, what is a what is a leading uh, a medium-sized branch of spec savers. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's like it's like they were compelled to go to the prop warehouse for at least one dance. I think after last week's uh, chair-centric routine, they were very brave to go back to the chair. 
Yeah, maybe they just had it left over. It was still there. They'd not taken it back. So they thought, oh, we'll use that. Didn't fit in the van. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that, the, there'll be a superfluous chair in one routine per week now. Or maybe, maybe they have, you know, the, their membership of the props warehouse, they have to take a certain amount every week. So they had to kind of take, you know, the stuff and just put it all into one routine at the end. One day we'll find out how the props business at Strictly actually works. And I think we'll be really disappointed because we've come up with all of this mythology about how it works <laughs> and Luton Van and the medium-sized dragon at the entrance and, you know, uh, prop man Jeff who sits at the desk, signs the medium-sized chairs and the sofas in and out and drinks very strong cups of tea that are almost red. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and the, oh, well, that's right, isn't it? Yeah. And the I mean, doors for clambering through. Yeah, yeah. And he's just that's got... That's how it happens, though. That's not mythology. That's exactly how it is. Do they have to clamber through the wardrobes, do you think, to get to the props warehouse? Well, to get through the... Yeah, it's basically a row of six wardrobes, all with the backs out of them. And uh, you have to go through them to get to where the rest of the props are. And then the, yeah. the, the, the door frame from Oti and Danny's show dance. Anyway, one. Uh, like in the show, <laughs> after a lengthy digression, we get to <laughs> Debbie and Giovanni's Salsa, which featured music that was too fast to neatly salsa to, but some extraordinary and eye-watering lifts. Lisa? Yeah, go on. So the lifts were good. The lifts were very impressive. Debbie knows how to be lifted. Um, and Debbie knows how to get in and out of lifts as well without it looking awkward, as we would expect from a dancer, and that's great. Um, but yeah, it was too fast for her, so her foot placement wasn't correct because she just didn't have the time to put her feet in the right place. Um, so wrong song, really, naff theming, um, but Debbie looked great, and what she did do well, you know, what she had time to do, she did well. She, did, she nearly broke Giovanni's arm with her thighs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's going to be wearing a bruise. So, mechanically, how did that one work? Did, was she holding his hand round her back? And yeah. then they were sort of, like, basically balancing her core muscles against the centrifugal force from spinning around. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That, and he, so he has his hand basically through her legs, right, right there. She's got him behind her bum with her arm going around the outside of her body. And it's basically making that pivot point and not pivot point, that join point. Yeah. And then as much gravity, as much, what's it called? Centrifugal force yeah. Yeah. as you can get. And <laughs> um, if it goes wrong, that's a fractured skull. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's a bit like the headbanger on Dancing on Ice, which I noticed is coming back on ITV. But it, it's a bit like that headbanger lift. You need the speed to avoid basically killing your dance partner. And more than that, you need absolute trust in your partner because she needs to trust him that he can do the spin. Mm -hmm. And he needs to just trust her that she's got the strength in her arms and in her legs and in her core to mm -hmm. take it. Mm -hmm. And if either of those two mess up, even the tiniest bit, mm -hmm. then it's over and it would have looked awful. So I think not only is it choreographically a really good piece of kind of dancing, but it's also a, 
uh, a great show of what a brilliant partnership they are. Mm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, you can't you can't imagine like Charlotte and Brendan doing that, pulling that off. <laughs> I mean, it's lost. That would have that would have that would have put trust falls into like a whole new horrifying category. <laughs> I can't I can't think of any other celebrity and pro par- partnership that could do that because Alexandra's too tall to do that with Gorka. There's just not the space, you know, her, she's, there's, she's, she's too tall. Mm. And none of the others have the core strength because it's all, yes, it's your legs and yes, it's your arms, but the whole shaping of that comes from your, your stomach muscles. And, you know, there, there just isn't, anybody else there who would have that core strength to be able to lift their stomach muscles up whilst being spun round at a, at a massive speed. Not on the slubs, yeah. I mean, I think Ashton and Jeanette could have probably pulled yeah. it off. Although I think Ashton might need to be a bit taller. But, yeah. but she's a pro, so you'd expect that. In sort of trust levels, it's back to the kind of things that Artem and Kara were pulling yeah. off in terms of just, yeah, sure, I absolutely trust you. Mm. Yeah. Oh, and that was a great partnership, Artem and Cara. That was a brilliant pairing. Oh. I, I enjoyed them a lot. Yeah. Come back to Strictly Artem. Yeah. It can't be any Isn't he living in America? Yeah, it can't be any fun, just... though. I'm sure the money's good, but I, like... He could replace mm. Brendan. Hey, we, I was going to say we're getting rid of Brendan. <gasps> Let's bring back Artem. We'll start we a petition get... immediately. Ellie, we just need to get your mum to say that on the podcast and it'll happen. Yeah. Yeah. Can, can we ring her afterwards and just like, yeah. like edit yeah. it in? <laughs> Memo to... <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. You know we're all going to be in so much trouble next time once mum's heard this podcast. <laughs> you don't have to go home for Christmas. It's all right, I live down south. <laughs> Anyway, that was all of our dancers from Saturday night. And now it's Sunday. And we've got, in the dance-off... The bottom two on the leaderboard, Ruth and Johnny. Can we just, before we talk about them, can we talk about the pro dance at the beginning? Because yes! I sort of loved it. Go for it. I just thought it was absolutely stunning. A really, really lovely, very subtle dance, but really, really gorgeous. With Sweden's Travelator from Eurovision this year. Oh, Yes. Did it go off all right? I didn't catch the first minute of it. Of it. Oh yeah, no, it was great. It was, it was, it was better than Sweden in oh, very Kiev. Nice. Yeah, no, it was great. It was lovely. There was so they had three, three travelators working together, and that they used it really, really cleverly to tell the story of a a woman separated from her husband by the war. Um, it was really sensitively done. Really, really beautiful piece of choreography. Um, and it was Kevin and Karen who danced in the lead, and that was lovely. 
And actually, Anton was really good in that as well. Uh, he was on the Travelator as a sort of one of the soldiers. Marching. He was. So I just, before we talked about the dance-off, I just wanted to talk about that. I thought that was great. And I also thought that he and, oh gosh, who did he dance with in the SEAL number? Nadia. Was it Ant- <laughs> Na- yes, Anton and yes. Nadia. Um, and I thought that was lovely as well. I don't usually like when they flit about around a singer, but I thought that was a really lovely dance too. Strictly does take its part of Remembrance Weekend very seriously, and they always push the boat out and come up with something pretty special, I think. Yeah, and I think because, you know, Remembrance Day was yesterday, the 11th was yesterday, um, and Remembrance Sunday was today, so it's not like it fell in the middle of the week or anything. It, it fell on the day, so I think they were, the fact that they did it and did it big was was really good. Well, it felt heartfelt rather than performative, because sometimes with the, the remembrance stuff in other like shows, it can sometimes feel a bit sort of we must do this because it is that date. But this dance yeah. just felt it felt natural. It, because of the storytelling uh, nature of these dance numbers, I think you can get more to a human scale thing than just getting involved with sort of military pageantry, you can actually tell some human stories. Yeah, absolutely. And and they really did and they, they told it really well. So so kudos to whoever choreographed that group number. But it was brilliant, absolutely stunning piece of television. Thank you. So how about that dance off then? Yes, we have to talk about that now. <laughs> Uh, that's it's quite interesting I... that they were two foxtrots, weren't they? Well, I think that Johnny and Ruth were both given the foxtrot this week, so that we're now into the point where we're picking off the stragglers in order, and those two foxtrots were there for, to give us a direct point of comparison to say, right, which of these do you actually like? Yeah, no, I think you're right, absolutely. And so next week in Blackpool, you will need to be looking out for who gets the same dance. <laughs> in terms of foxtrot, you, it was two very different styles of foxtrot. You've got Oti's sort of lyrical, slow, modern foxtrot. And you've got Anton's old school 70s TV foxtrot. <laughs> in the best possible sense. Yes, no, it's true that they, they that is a good way to describe them both. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I I don't think that you could really have had an alternative bottom two. No. No, I think it was fair. That was a fair bottom two, I have to say. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, the only other person that is going to come into this spotlight of bottom two-ness quite soon is going to be, unfortunately, Susan. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, I say that through gritted teeth because I, I want Susan in the final. I want her to surprise everybody and just go all the way to the final. We um, have to be ready in Blackpool for a Susan versus Johnny Johnny, dance. I know. I know. I mean, the only other person that might, dip, and it depends on the dance and everything next week, is Molly because she's been into dance-offs already. So we know that she doesn't have a huge amount of, she doesn't have a, a, a core voter base like some of the others have. Well, I'll tell you what Susan's got next week. Susan and Kevin will be dancing a Paso Doble. 
Yes, they mm. said that. Yes. So that's dangerous, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, especially if, like, with her small stature, if they go back to comedy, yeah, there is a risk that it can look horribly wrong. But also, yeah. if they do it deadly serious, there is a risk that it would look unintentionally hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so Susan does have to beware the trapdoor in Blackpool. But honestly, yeah. I don't think I could choose between Susan and Johnny. But that, that, that day will come. Yeah, yeah, no, that day will come, and I think it will come sooner than we would like it to. Um, we, we, might, we might be lucky. Molly might take one for the team, but that only buys us a week. The thing or is, Gemma, though, to be honest. With Je- you know, Gemma's plateaued a bit. There's a chance it could be her, depending yeah. on what she's got. Mm. Yeah. Because just looking at the, the dance card for, like, last week, Obviously, it was another one where Johnny was up against somebody else also doing the same dance. Like, he got a salsa and so did Gemma. They've been trying to yeah. move Johnny on for a while then. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think we might be looking at Johnny next week. Well, he's done know, his paso, so he's not at least. This, this is just what we do. We say goodbye to the sportsman oh, in Blackpool. Yes, exactly. That's, that's Blackpool. <laughs> So we don't know what... We've already been through this, what Johnny's doing next week, and we hope it's a Charleston. Yes, on a sprung dance floor with his blade. That would be awesome. (laughs) He could go out with a bounce. Although although there is a chance that he could go out dressed ridiculous, which actually, given his job on the last leg, would be quite fitting. Yeah, that would be good. (laughs) <laughs> he does seem to enjoy his ridiculous costumes, like the pirate costume. I'm sh- yeah, I'm sure that like I'm sure he's not doing it against his will. You know. <laughs> no, I think he's totally out for it. Yeah. Could uh, be a ticker suit. So we're all looking forward to a night of thrills, spills, and uh, total nonsense. Full hoopla in Blackpool. The full pineapple. The thing is, so when it's Blackpool, I don't really mind it. I feel like. I feel like if they made shows like they made this weekend all the rest of the time, then I would totally embrace, well, I embrace Halloween anyway, but, you know, I would embrace the Halloween special even more. I would embrace Blackpool even more because it's a chance to do something different and a bit silly, and that would be absolutely fine by me. Blackpool is the home of Strictly Being Silly, isn't it? Isn't that where it started, making comedy teas and stuff? Yeah, yeah. Blackpool is strictly going on a hen night with dealy boppers and sashes and everything. It is. To be fair, this is going to be full pineapple wearing a kiss me quick hat. On a donkey. Yes. With gravy on. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Gravy on the donkey, sorry. (laughs) And some chips. Do they do chips spice in Blackpool? (laughs) I don't like chips and gravy. Neither do I. Oh, you're like the only that I know that doesn't like chips and gravy. I, like, I thought I like mushy peas. No, well, see. And to be honest, I was too long in the Netherlands, so I'm like a proper mayo on my frites uh, yeah. these days. I'd rather have uh, gravy on my chips than chip spice, but that's a particular whole thing. I what think. What the hell is chip spice? It is. It, chip spice. Chip spice is it, it, it is the worst. <laughs> it's like a salt lick, <laughs> and if you're not quick, yeah. they will coat your chips in it. It's like an orange horror, 
Um, where, where is it they do that, Meg? In Hull. It's, in it's Hull. big in Hull. Well, okay. So we've all learned something tonight. My brother took some trip spice to Lincoln when he went to university and introduced it to his flatmates there. I mean, it's only just across the Humber. It does sound like one of these things that doesn't travel and shouldn't travel. <laughs> no. But did the Vikings introduce it? <laughs> it's possible, because I don't think it goes off. <laughs> so it's still the original thousand-year-old Nordic block of chip spice before even the potato came to Europe. I think it's like dwarf bread. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, anyway. We've gone really off piece now. Anyway, yeah, um, totally. Right. Frocks. The other important oh, yeah. thing. Oh. Right, special mentions for Frock of the Week, beginning with you, Meg. Uh, Otis, uh, Ruth's, and Gemma's. Emily says her Frock of the Week was Gemma's, presumably with the lighting rig, and Lingerie of the Week was Katya in that horizontal <laughs> fringe number, well, vertical fringe number. Uh, Anne. Ooh, I don't know, actually. Um, I would probably choose Oti. Um, mainly A for the colour and B also the simplicity of it. Yeah, because it was basically uh, like you do a frill with the spiral cut piece of fabric. Yes. Just wrapped all the way around her body and going straight into the yeah. skirt. That's a fun, like, I, I would buy one of those dresses in any colour they made them because I think it's just, it's just fabulous and comfortable. Mm. Mm. Um, could eat a good dinner in it yes <laughs> I could probably even put pockets in it <laughs> and did you notice that Claudia had pockets on the yes. Saturday Night Results show and she was like walking along with her hands in her pockets <laughs> in, in the, the traditional oh hey pockets hey, <laughs> pockets um, <laughs> yes she could have had all manner of practical jokes in those pockets and probably did my special mentions go to two of our ladies in red. We've got Susan in her tango dress and Debbie's uh, lovely, totally inappropriate salsa outfit. <laughs> totally inappropriate if you're an optician at any rate. Yes. I've always got something like that on under my lab coat. <laughs> Health and safety. The, the, thing with, the thing with you, Ellie, is we know that that is a true statement. <laughs> um, okay, Lisa, award the award. Okay. So I have a couple of special mentions and the award. Um, so uh, one that you mentioned, Ellie, that dress that Claudia had on with the pockets in, I thought that was lovely. So Claudia gets a special mention this week. Um, I could just Katia's... imagine wearing Claudia's dress to like a relaxed family Christmas party. In fact, on Christmas Day, imagine me and Emily and mum all in variations on that on yes, that, I can, with the I can, which is quite scary. Glugging <laughs> Aperol spritz. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, special mention for Claudia, special mention for Katia, because I really love that, and I was sort of tempted to to give her dress of the week for that. Um, and then, and also special mention for Nadia, for the dress she wore in the seal number, that white dress mm. with, the, with the red detail on it. That was really pretty. Um, and I wish I'd been around last week to award dress of the week last week because that would have been Nadia's that gorgeous white dress that she had on so um but that's last week's dress of the week with Nadia um but this week I am giving it to Gemma because that dress is just fabulous and I want it but I'm sure it doesn't come in my sight <laughs> oh. well when we get down and give DSI a visit 
will be will go for something in that color scheme. Perfect. So I guess that's all of this week's business taken care of. Yeah. 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 So I think uh, we'll say if you want to give us any kind of a row over anything we've said, uh, come to us on Twitter at KeepDancingPod for whoever the duty tweeter is, um, or email us at KeepDancingPodcast at gmail.com. So, good night, Anne. Good night. Good night, Lisa. Bye. And good night, Meg. Good night. Good night from me, Ellie. Keep dancing.